previously on the Simply Human podcast. My research, a lot of it is in aging populations and it's up to half of older adults which who report some type of um, sleep um, complaint. And there are a number of just quite easily modifiable tips and techniques that you can do to improve your sleep. So um, one is just establishing a regular routine and getting up in the morning uh, every day at the same time and going to trying to go to bed at the same time. It's episode 80 of the Simply Human podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Susan McCauley, uh, an expert on addiction, and uh, you can find her at evolvedrecovery.com. We will uh, have a, a great interview with Susan. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with Mark Gets Assaulted at Church. <laughs> And we'll wrap up. Yeah, and we'll wrap up with our simply human tip of the week. How are you, Rick? I'm awesome. How are you? Guys? I'm good. I had fun texting your wife yesterday. Yeah, you did. Uh, when when you texted that to her, we were at my parents' house. They live about an hour away. It was her birthday. It was her birthday. Yeah, yeah, it was her birthday yesterday. Um, on Memorial Day, and uh, we were at my parents' house because they watched the kids over the weekend to give her a weekend off for her birthday, and I left my phone in the car. And so uh, I didn't have, you know, communicate with the outside world for an hour, which was just it was very un- uncomfortable. But I saw <laughs> that she was texting. I was like, why is she texting Mark? Mm. It's like, that's weird. And I like looked over her shoulder and uh, I saw it. And I was like, oh, no, that's nice of him to text her. And so I grabbed the phone and just started texting uh, inappropriate things well, like uh, the eggplant emoticon like a yes. hundred times. This was, and I, she, had to gra- she had to snatch the phone back and be like, that was from Rick. That wasn't me. I don't text. Well, phallic objects to, well, to this is this know. is what i love about your wife's um sense of humor is that i wrote she's very very funny my wrote, wife is very bitingly funny happy birthday a, a, a dallas stars lamp is on the way because and the background there is when i was texting her about what to get you for your birthday that was one of the options i sent her and i think it, and I she was like no, uh, uh, no i don't dead, want that monstrosity yeah. in my house so i, I wrote, because she hates sports yeah so i wrote there's a dallas stars lamp on the way and she wrote back just i can't wait and then i wrote back that was a that was a lie, and she wrote back. Or no, I lied to you, and she wrote back. So did I. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she's very witty. My wife is. Yeah. So I, that made me laugh, and then I thought I was like all excited because I thought she texted me an eggplant, but it was you. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um. Okay. You, you did you say you had something that you wanted to talk about? What What did we say we were going to talk about? In, uh, in I don't course? know. I can. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the we talked about uh, TV stories last time, and there was a story yes. we told that. The the anchor said, "Rick, are you gay?" And we it found. It sounds like he says, "Rick, are you gay?" It's just it, watching the video again. It's just it's his words it, he, are all jumbled. It just sounds like he that. clearly. If you if you just stop, it's <laughs> he says before he like stumbles over and, and says, "There," he says, "Rick, are you gay?" There, he says, "Gay." It's so funny. Um, oh, and I'm and your to response. For that out. Well, anyway, I found a clip of this, a video clip of this. I contacted our old the. Uh, my old boss, and she used to work there for a long time. I, I contacted Susan. I was like, "Hey, do you happen to have any of these files somewhere?" She's like, "I do," and she emailed it to me. Oh, I, so I uh, by the time that. this comes out, we will have already put it on the Facebook page. Yeah, is that right? Okay. Yeah. But it's you can tell I instantly transported to that time what I'm going through in my mind. Oh, so and Susie says that you can see this giant smile go across my face on the screen, like oh, I can't believe what's happening, and I'm like, ah, 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 and just like 
trying to dismount so quickly. That, the one thing that I wish it had is uh, as soon as I turn, it has the shot of me and the other two anchors on the desk, and they're like, laughing. what was that? Yeah. And I'm like, I had no idea. But it cuts off before... It, it cuts yeah. off before it gets to there, but uh, you get to see... Uh, what year is that? That's probably 2002. Two? Yeah. So you get to see 22-year-old Rick, you know, 50 yeah. pounds heavier Rick, and... <laughs> Well, you know, with his I, baby face uh, for TV. What I love about TV stories is that you, you can't lie. Like, you can't, like, it's kind of like you now. Like, you can't make up something because everything that you do as a cop is recorded. So it's yeah, like yeah. anything that you, like, in a TV story, it's like, it's verifiable. So For whatever it's worth, Susan says she has a million of those, awesome. like, my bloopers. Because, and she, we confirmed this over, you know, texting back and forth. Uh no one in the history of the television business produced so much blooper gold as I did in the whatever two or three years that I did it. She said yeah. it's not even close. No one has <laughs> the just the level of the astronomical level of just complete colossal f ups on the air that I had. And so as she gets them, maybe we'll just put them on the Facebook because yeah. it, I They're and I don't take this. Mark. You know me. I don't take myself seriously right. at all. So it's funny when I do something funny. I want everybody to laugh at yeah. it. So. Um, we'll get those and put them up. I have some uh, some simply human move like a human news. Well, all right. I'm having knee surgery. Okay, you mentioned this in the group text message the other day, yeah. and I didn't. Uh, what's the story? So uh, I'm sure there's a deal. I've here. had I've had my right knee has been giving me problems. I actually had surgery on it when I was in high school. I had it scoped yeah, back in the middle. I back when I was winning, in winning state championships. Um, you did not win any state championships. My the school I went to did. You did not. Um, <laughs> While you were there, you were not a part of any state championship teams. Correct. Sorry, that pal. Is, that is correct. Um, yeah, I know. So it's the worst thing that ever happened. So finally, so I met deductible thanks to my bench press accident. Uh, when I, you dropped the bench yeah. on your chest and crushed your crushed all which your I'm insides. still twelve weeks later. I'm still having issues with. But anyway, so I met deductible. So I'm like, well, I might as well uh, go check out this knee thing, get an MRI on the knee, and see if there's any, you know, what's wrong in there. So I have a like quote rather sizable meniscal tear. And my medial meniscus is like obliterated and has been. So do we know when that happened or no, how that happened? Probably just over time uh, and just, but it's really, they said it's like huge. Um, the, the meniscus. Um, she did not say that. Just yeah. um, the x-ray on the other thing that was, never mind. Um, Stop. <laughs> and, and then I've got on my patellar, like, I, I don't know if anyone out there has had Oshgood slaughters growing up. It's like I did big, when I was a little kid yeah, growing up because my, yeah, I guess it's like a, you, yeah. grow too fast or something right so i had it really bad when i was like eight the ninth grade like in there when i was going through my growth spurt well it's started bothering me again in my right knee and apparently i've, I've got two rather large again uh these like sort of loose floating calcium deposits that are just sort of like hanging out like where my patellar patellar tendon connects to my tibia where it's like it's stretching the patellar tendon and causing like I can't put any weight like if I were to like just sit on my knees I can't do that at all like if somebody you know my kids will like hit it and I'll be like oh god you know like what was the noise that you make oh knee um so anyway so curious John Dr. Badalak who has been on the show told the story about suturing his own balls he is going to perform the surgery so that's coming up um then he's gonna do it on himself at the same time yeah so he's like he I just I wake up and I just got all these sutures in my ball sack and I'm like wait a second this is not the surgery that I thought I was going in for it was an implantation um and then you is can we talk about that you got you got on a rather fun call, but the rain ruined it. Can we talk about that? No, no, I don't want to talk about that. Okay, well, okay, the okay. rain. The I, rain. No, I will talk about it just very briefly. The rain has ruined our lives. Uh, okay, so 
I don't want to give away the city that I work in. This might give away some of it, but just I would like some level. I think of some people know. Although yeah. you could probably just Google Rick Bentley police and find out. But uh, Ram, so car ramrod in the, the in the area that I work, we call them beats in my city. I work a pretty diverse beat. Ninety uh, percent of it is like very high crime, uh, low income housing, uh, very urban type stuff. You know, urban type problems. And then I also, in my beat, get the nicest neighborhood in the entire city, one of the nicest, you know, most expensive neighborhoods in probably the entire Metroplex. It's in, really in weird. In the world. Let's and I never real. get called over to there for anything. It's a gated community, and it's impossible to get in. Nothing ever happens there. Well, uh, two weeks ago, me and my partner called. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? We're oh, driving around, friend. and this rainstorm starts happening. And if you've been seeing the news in Dallas, it's been like Flooding. just a catastrophic amount of rain yeah. in the, the North Texas area. Well, this Saturday night, it starts pouring, and it's like flash flooding. And I didn't know what flash flooding really was until now. It's when it rains so hard, so fast, that the rain has nowhere to go, and it basically just fills up and causes a, you know temporary flooding. Wait a second. I thought flash flooding was in the water like goes by – like a, a hotel or something or, or, or a crowded uh, area and shows its boobs. Yeah, that's good. It's very clever. Uh, goes by the hotel that you're staying at in Portland where you're <laughs> swinging it around uh, clockwise. Well, I don't know, swinging. <laughs> oh, swinging it is an accurate term. Hashtag centrifugal force. Yeah. So Hashtag, uh, uh, it starts pouring down poking. rain. And we get, you know, and a couple of our streets uh, in, in our area, a lot of streets around the city are not, you know, particularly well draining. And so we've got to go block them off because high water is making it impassable for cars. They're driving into it and just, and just like stopping and stalling. And some of them are floating away. So we get on this, you know, on our road and, uh, did you get into your police canoe? Oh God, I wish we had one for that <laughs> night. It would have been great. We could have done some awesome stuff. Had a lot of fun, but we're sitting in the car and it's pouring down rain. We're just trying to keep cars from going down and making it even worse in this particular part of flash flooding. And we hear on the radio an alarm go off. And it's not uncommon when the weather gets crazy, high wind, high rain, something like that. Alarms, car wrecks, and flooding. Well, it's not uncommon to hear a million alarms, but this address in my mind, like, ding, ding, like a light bulb went off. And I was like, wait a minute, is that, oh my God. And I click over the tab on the computer, and you know whose house it is? Tony Ramos. The greatest I've been quarterback. waiting my entire career <laughs> so far, which is only three years of this particular agency, to have an instance to go over to Tony Romo's house and knock on the door and be like, hey, maybe hey, see buddy, Candace. What's happening, man? Because I know he lives in my super nice neighborhood. Oh, in my I'm a huge That's fan. The only reason I taking that beat is maybe I'll run into Tony Romo checking his mail or mowing his lawn. And yes, he mows his own lawn because he's a man of the people. You're he doesn't like, have somebody you're like I don't blame you for dropping the, the kick, the field goal against Seattle. So... But, like, the city, like, it's blowing apart at the seams. There's, like, flooding everywhere. We're called red border. That means there's so many calls going on, we don't have enough officers to go to it, so they're just prioritizing things. Well, they start prioritizing the alarms because they're probably all weather-related when a hundred of them all come in at the same time when, like, you know, the rain's coming down in buckets. So they're not sending anyone in this alarm, so we're like, we got to figure out a way to go over there. We're just, like, right on the corner. We're, like, right on the street from this guy's house. we got to go over to Tony Romo's house. So we're like... Message some other officer like, hey, can you come relieve our spot right here? And then we're going to like try to go all the way around this flooding spot and go to Romo's house and check on and make sure his alarm's okay. And, you know, check we'll on. walk up and we'll be so wet and he'll be at the front door like, oh, guys, you look so wet and cold. Why don't you come inside and Hang out. get out of those wet clothes and have some hot cocoa? Candace just we'll made some cookies. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about football for a little bit. And I was going to walk up and be like, have a football. Like, oh, my God, I didn't even know this was your house. Oh, my God, I'm holding a football. You want to sharpie catch in this hur yeah. hurricane maybe? Just play a little catch here and there. But, uh, you know, it turns out we couldn't break free from our spot and go, well, you didn't know this. 
that was two Saturdays ago. Yeah. The very next Saturday, the exact same oh. thing happens at four o'clock in the morning, pouring down rain in buckets. Actually, a tornado went through yep. through the city yep. uh, about a quarter of a mile where I was stationed at the exact same spot to block the same street for flooding. And guess what? An alarm comes up at that exact same address. Oh. And all my friends, because I made a huge deal out of it all week, like, I could have gone to Robo's house <laughs> and the stupid flooding ruined my life. They're all messaging me on the computer like, ha, 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 who doesn't get to go to Robo's house again? I was like, I hate you, you sons of bitches. Ah. I want to go. Like, I'm just going to leave. I'm like, okay, I could just leave my car here with all the lights on and I could get my, my, my bus driver hat on and my raincoat and I could walk over to his house to check on his alarm. Well, another officer was right around the corner. He hadn't been sent to a flooding spot yet, so he's like, huh, I'll just go by and check on Tones. Uh, tones. But turns out nobody was home. He knocked on the door, nobody well, was home. So, well, so there's, felt, a, you know, there's sort of a Rick's Cop Corner for you. Um, yeah, Rick's Cop Corner. I could have met Tony Romo, and we could have had hot cocoa. <laughs> she could have stripped us out of these wet clothing, and we'll, mm. you know, we'll just see what happens and all that stuff. Yeah, and Tara Lowens mm. comes walking down the stairs would it be in a robe. Oh, they're still Do you friends. think he hangs out at Romo's house? Yeah, I don't still, think they like each yeah, other that still, much. They're still friends. Um, all right, let's get to our interview with Susan McCauley. You can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simplyhuman52. Leave us a retune. Leave us a retune. A retune. Yeah, leave us a retune, everyone. <laughs> Figure out what that is. Invent one and leave us one of those. Well, how can I mess that lineup every week? Leave us a review on iTunes. Last week I was like, leave us a review on Facebook. <laughs> leave, us a, leave us a review on iTunes. And, uh, like us on Facebook, all that good stuff. <laughs> we love you, our listeners. Thank you for being loyal and awesome. Share the word. and Yes, share the word some... via social media. We've talked about that before. Yeah. That's how we get the word out. That's how we increase the listenership, how we increase our impact. Uh, the simple human impact on people is you share with your people, they share with their people, and that's how something becomes viral. So do right. that. Very quickly, I wanted to say that in our conversation, we were talking about addiction. I don't want anybody to think that I don't think that people can get addicted, like physically addicted to sugar, just like you can get addicted to anything else. So we talk about addiction a little bit, and just I want to say that caveat here. When we're talking, I don't want anybody to get the idea that that I am that I have ever sort of like oh no that's impossible that can't happen I absolutely believe that that you can be addicted to uh, sugar just like you can be addicted to drugs or gambling or whatever else. so that being said we talked to Susan about doing things wrong recovering from addiction playing Rocky Balboa Shamu hmm, that's a weird yeah. one real callback sleep hygiene an Ed McMahon joke a really funny Ed McMahon joke uh, falling off the wagon, Rick's 100-day no sugar challenge, poison Did cake, I fail that? <laughs> meditation, <laughs> power in controlling your emotions, and helping others. Joining us today on the Simply Human podcast is Susan McCauley. She's a certified nutrition consultant and has been recovered from drug and alcohol addiction since 1999 and has been working with those struggling with substance abuse for over 13 years. Years. She's the owner of Evolve Nutrition, which is a nutrition consulting practice located in the San Francisco Bay Area. Welcome, Susan. Hey, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, no, thanks for being on the show. I know we had connected before Paleo FX, and we actually got to meet in person at Paleo FX, which was great. And yes. now here we are speaking after Paleo FX. So I sure wish we had more time. It seemed like it was just too huge yeah, to I, get to spend enough time with the people you really wanted to spend a lot of time with. Yeah, I know. Like Mike T. Nelson was there. He's been on the show before. We, we hung out a lot like last year, and I got to see Mike for like, 45 seconds the whole weekend and uh so yeah so there are people that you just you know want to spend more time with but it's i wish it was like a week 
long. Yeah. But like church camp, like a yeah. week during the summertime, all the paleo effect <laughs> well, that's... people go and they're they're swinging in the woods and they're doing arts and crafts. Wait, wait, wait! Swinging in the in the woods. <laughs> oh what? well, very clever. Like, uh, at like, the church camp, that, at the church camp Mark and I grew up going to, there was a huge swing in the oh, woods. But right. I can see how that would be uh, hilarious. <laughs> swinging in the woods. <laughs> there was some, there was some of that going on with the older kids. I think um, there was. I can tell you stories. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Susan, I know you have uh, obviously based on your intro worked a lot in with addiction but let, let's uh we're going to get into that but let's uh sort of talk about your background give us give us the cliffs notes how did you get to where you are today doing what you're doing uh i got to where i am today by doing a whole lot of things wrong <laughs> um i started out probably i guess it all started um probably about eight years ago when I quit smoking because, you know, I'm in recovery and a lot of us recovered addicts and alcoholics smoke cigarettes. So I, I kicked those to the curb and then I became a chronic dieter and then I became a yo-yo dieter. And then all of a sudden, all I was eating was artificial sweeteners and boneless, skinless chicken breasts. And I got pretty sick. Uh, I developed a pretty big binge eating habit. And so much so that I remember coming home <laughs> from work one day and uh, the pink box of donuts had been at work and you know that pink box just used to draw me in and I would walk past it okay I'm not gonna have a donut okay maybe I'll have half a donut and that's how my brain works you know this whole bargaining and 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 making this donut box so big in my mind and I ended up eating I think like six donuts and I came home from work and I was crying that girl cry that and I don't mean that negatively, but that, you know, you can't catch your breath and you're, my right. husband, you know, guys just want to help you and they don't know how they're kind of scared. Please use your words. I do that with my five-year-old daughter. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are you, what is happening? Breathe. That is the most yeah. important thing. Yeah. My poor husband was like, what is wrong? And I just, the only words I could get out were, I feel like I felt when I was trying to stop drinking. Huh. And that was just like huge when I got those words out that, like, wow, something has to change because I felt if I kept, kept feeling these feelings of guilt, shame, and remorse around my eating, that pretty soon I was going to look to something else to to press them down more, not just food, but maybe back to the drugs and the alcohol. And he said, this is so funny because we had been doing CrossFit. Don't ever try to do CrossFit and Weight Watchers at the same time. <laughs> it doesn't work very yeah, well. That's, that's, that's and so he good. had kind of heard, uh, you know, a, a friend of the family had owned a CrossFit gym and he said, I heard about this thing called the Whole30. Do you, I'll get it, I'll buy it for you and you can look through it. And I read it and it was just like it hit home about relationship with food. And I said, I think I want to do this. And he said, I'll do it with you. And I looked at him like he was crazy. I said, you're going to quit drinking Diet Coke. And he's like, I can do anything for 30 days because he doesn't have a problem with substances like I do. And that was like that we never looked back. We did a whole 30. And uh, about a year later, I was thinking about all the things that Rob Wolf talks about, about the lifestyle and and seeking what makes you happy. At the time, I was a, a <clears throat> the chief financial officer of a food manufacturer that makes stuff for Whole Foods. And I really didn't like my job. And uh, I just, I felt like I was blocked. It was the recession, you know, and it was like, who quits a job in the middle of a recession? Uh, but I found Bowman College in Santa Cruz, which is just about an hour drive from me. And I made a plan and I just thought, you know, I need to chase. I fell so deeply in love with the holistic, the whole idea of holistic nutrition, food as medicine, lifestyle, all of it, that that became my passion. And that's what I wanted to do with my life. So I quit the high paying job. 
in the middle of a recession with <laughs> benefits and all that stuff, a job that I probably would never get fired from because it was that kind of a job. And, uh, you know, went back to school and, you know, everything came, you know, like if you trust in the process uh, and you just, you know, you have faith that everything's going to be okay, usually it is. Right. And so then I, you know, started Evolve Nutrition. And then most recently with Kendall Kendrick of Primal Balance. Who has been uh, on the show before. Yeah. 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 She's, uh, we met last year at Paleo FX and she wasn't sober at the time. And she is now. And due to a presentation, a, a panel I was on, we got to be very close and I got to help her walk through that. And over Christmas, we just kind of, you know, got on the phone one night and within three hours we had a business plan and a podcast and and the rest is history <laughs> well kindle is like uh the i think we we talked about this when she was on she's sort of like the female version of me um which is kind of funny we, we think uh, that... let's not say that because she's not an idiot but like <laughs> uh she has some of the same things that you've got going on i think is what we, we decided she doesn't uh, go to the bathroom in her pants that is well, that is correct that is correct we're gonna go ahead and say that that is true um, okay, so that's that's really cool. And what you've got, like, you know, it's funny. Uh, this is episode eighty, in episode seventy-seven, Rick and I talked about like addiction and uh, sort of briefly talked about you know trying to stop drinking diet cokes. And some one, some of the things that we talked about is that every time you come, you know, you come down from a high, you come down a little lower, so you need a little bit oh, more yeah. to get back to where you are. And then that initially, people are running after that altered consciousness, or they're running after that the good feeling. But when you get to that addiction level, you're actually running away from the low, from the absence and just right. how you're bad you feel. You're pushing those feelings down. You're pushing those feelings down. And the first high, you never get the high again that right. you had from that very first time. And you chase it for years. Yeah. And that, and that the fact that addiction, uh, I know I read uh, that, that book, Chasing the Scream, which I've referenced several times on this show. It's on my list. I haven't gotten it to, to yeah. it yet. I wasn't. Some of the stuff that uh, that was on the internet, I didn't quite agree with, but I really need to read the book first. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so, but but one of the one of the quotes in there from a from another doctor that that he uh, quotes is that you could you could replace the word addiction with with the word bonding, and that that humans are or sort of designed to bond to something, and it could be something healthy like your family or or uh, you know. Uh, your, your wife and kids and th things like that. Or it could be something unhealthy like heroin or, or gambling or exercise. You know, a lot of people can be addicted oh, to yeah. over-exercising. So, um, so what are your, like, in your experience, is that, what are your thoughts on sort of the fact that you could, could you swap the word addiction for bonding? Like we're going to, you know, humans are going to bond to something? Yes and no. Um, so... Even though because people that still have addictions are, you know, sometimes well bonded, you know, they, some of them have good marriages, some of them come from good households, they've bonded, they had good families, I was one of them. Um, and it just depends. Everybody has their own story. And that's why it's so hard to put um, labels and, and things like that, like bonding versus addiction, because right. I think with certain people and, and the way that their brain is wired, that whatever they bond to then becomes, maybe then that becomes like a toxic relationship. Um, they kind of take it to the wrong level maybe. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, let's see. 
Okay, so let's talk about, I know on your on your website, which is evolvedrecovery.com, which we will link to in the show notes, let's sort of go through, and it's very, it, it, a lot of correlations and a lot of overlap with the Simply Human Lifestyle, the pillars of the Simply Human Lifestyle, which are oh, eat, yes, eat, definitely. sleep, move, and enjoy. So let's just kind of go through and how each of these things are, are good for, you know, sort of the quote-unquote healthy person, but they're also... Uh, super important for those that are recovering from addiction or those that have, you know, uh, are, are dealing with other things in their life. So let's let's start start with play. How can how is play uh, sort of how does it relate to addiction and recovery and all that kind of stuff? So first of all, how we came up with these was when I first started this real food lifestyle, I noticed that my life started getting easier and I wasn't quite so bogged down with all these these uh, things that I usually struggle with in sobriety. So that's where these came from. And play is one of them. We take ourselves so seriously. You know, everything's black and white. Everything is things we need to do and, you know, make ourselves do more, be more. And we forget that we just need to stop and smell the roses. We need to play with our kids. We need that stress reduction because like they talked about, and I don't know if you went to the willpower presentations at Paleo FX, you only have a certain number of decisions you can make in a day. And your willpower is like a finite amount of muscle or whatever you want to think of it as, but it's finite. And by playing and reducing stress and, and enjoying life, it just makes life easier and it makes your willpower so much greater. Right. Yeah, cool. So um, what are some of the things that you do? How do you play? Uh, I dance around the house. <laughs> <laughs> I When I work out, I put on my crazy alt-rock music and in between sets, even if the garage door is up and the neighbor is watching, I boogie around um, in my weightlifting shoes. <laughs> 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 um you know, uh, with my cats, I have three cats. We don't have kids. Well, my husband and I met later in life, and so uh, we have three cats, and so they're always fun to, like, goof around with. What are, and, what are your cats' names? Uh, I have uh, my big fat cat is Rocky. He weighs about 22 pounds. He's a ma- part Maine Coon. Whoa! Yeah, and he's just a big cat, like yeah. a head bigger than a new mother of cats. Not only is he fat, he's just a big guy. <laughs> and then I have Shamu, who looks like Shamu. The killer whale. Does he have a dorsal uh, fin and does he live in the water? He doesn't live in the water and he doesn't really like water. Okay. <laughs> That's a really hard hitting question, Mark. Does your cat <laughs> like living in water? <laughs> and then um, when I met my husband, he had two cats and I had two cats. And his two cats were uh, Donnie and Marie and they were brother and sister. Did they combine I, into one cat and now you have three cats? <laughs> no, poor Donnie died a couple years ago. Oh, but I just no. This <laughs> was the guy for me that he had. Uh, he was. Uh, you know, he was secure in his manhood that he had two cats named Donnie and Marie. So you know the, what I mean? Did the Donnie and Marie cats like make out with each other like the real life Donnie and Marie Osmond? No, but they did like sleep together, like all snuggled up. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> just so like the weird. real life. Just like the real life. Okay. Yeah. So we have Marie left and she's old. She's 14. So she's Whoa. a whole lady. That's like, yeah. What, okay. I know dog is like seven years to one human year. What's the cat? Is it, is it seven years or is it? I don't know the actual ratio. Uh, my husband looked it up the other day and apparently she's something like 78 years old or okay. something. Okay. Yeah. I have a, 
I have an old fat beagle. Oh, he's slaying right in my feet. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> he looked Rudy. at you when you yeah, said that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, buddy. Um, and then I have like one that's like super muscular who works out like in the garage with his shirt off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you call that the Mark Rogers of the, of the dogs? Shut up. Um, okay, let's move on to sleep hygiene. I know. Like, let's I'll, go back to real health talk instead of animal yeah, talk. Right. <laughs> instead I of know. I still do a show on cats. Cat fancy. Ask Lucy uh, Hendricks. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, so I know, like we talk about sleep but one of the things that like a a term sleep hygiene you think of hygiene you think of you know things that I don't really like to do like showering and flossing (laughs) and things like that so how like just define like sleep hygiene and sort of what are the things that you coach your clients on sleep so sleep hygiene means all the things that you should do in order to get those eight to nine hours of sleep Um, this goes back so the people that we're reaching out to are like way beginners like be not even they don't even know what paleo means right. they don't even know what ancestral means they're eating a complete standard american diet they think whole grains are healthy they don't understand the importance of sleep because in certain <clears throat> addiction recovery communities it's just the, you have to do more and be more and you're not doing if you're not happy you're not doing enough and so some people are getting like 5 and 6 hours a night sleep and there's been some research lately that directly um, correlates uh, sleep deficiency with addiction and relapse. And so things like putting those orange goggles on, setting a bedtime, really teaching people. I had to teach in a class how to set a bedtime. You have to figure out what time you need to wake up and then you subtract eight hours right. <laughs> and turning the lights down at night, um, turning off all electronics an hour before bed. So that's kind of what we call, Kendall and I called sleep hygiene, all the things we need to do to take care of ourselves in order to get that healthy eight to nine hours of sleep. Right. The bedtime thing blows my mind. But if you think about it, if you're talking about people that have had issues with addiction issues, you know, they're trying to recover or what have you, they're probably not keeping regular hours. I mean, I deal with a lot of people in my line of work that uh, have substance abuse issues. He's a cop, and Susan. Th- he, he's a he's a police yes. officer. Okay. Some of them are up all night. Some of them are up for several nights. Some of them oh, sleep yeah, during the daytime. That. They sleep in odd places. So uh, I guess I never really thought about that until you said that. Like, hey, you have to get people in a regular, you know, typical pattern of here's when the rest of the world goes to sleep and you should try doing that instead of staying up until five o'clock in the morning, you know, well, stuff even, like that, you know, even the idea that like my idea of bedtime was after. And, and so now you're going to know how old I am after Johnny Carson or Jay Leno. And so I didn't mm-hmm. understand that. Wait, I have to get up to six o'clock to go to work. Staying up till 1230 probably isn't a good idea, but that's just how I grew up, that that's, that's how things were. And then in my al- the alcohol part of my, cause there was times when I only drank and then there was times where, um, I drank and did, um, illegal drugs. Uh, I just used to, you know, I go to sleep when those glasses of wine were over because I felt like I had insomnia. Funny thing, once I quit drinking caffeine at night and quit drinking altogether, I didn't have insomnia anymore. <laughs> yes, sir. Ha, ha, ha. Uh-huh. That was my Ed McMahon because you mentioned Johnny Carson. Is that yeah. good? Good so, job, Mark. When you have to explain the joke, <laughs> doesn't really Anyways. work. Well, you know, it's funny to me too because, like, getting in sort of that that baseline routine is if you look outside, there the sun goes down and the sun comes up. There are variations, very slight variations that happen, sort of in an almost linear line as far as, okay, the days are getting a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer, and then June 21st happens, and then the days start mm-hmm. getting a little bit shorter. There's never like, on, on Saturday, the sun isn't just like, I'm going to party, 
and I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to stay way up. And so like the day is like way off, you know, like so anytime that you are up till three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning and, you know, being crazy and doing all this stuff. And I do I do that kind of thing from time to time. I, it takes me a lot longer to recover. But, oh, any, yeah. but anytime you get out of that sort of standard routine, that affects you and you've got to sort of get back into the routine. So. Yeah, yeah. And then people don't realize that how much our carbohydrate and refined sugar cravings happen because we're not getting adequate sleep. And with the addict, addict population, that is so huge. The cookies at all the 12-step meetings, the, the coffee dates with all the caramel macchiatos, um, it kind of goes all hand huh. in hand. And so yeah, they feel like they're that. addicted to sugar. And I try to say, well, maybe you're not addicted to sugar. Let's not look at it so black and white. Because ice cream is a kind of cool thing, and we might want to have it every once in a while. Yeah, that's funny. Rick said, "Rick, you basically said that exact thing." On yeah, that like we, we when we say that we're addicted to, sh- and I believe me, I have, you know, I am sugar McGee. If I had my way, I would have a thousand donuts and a pint of ice cream every single day. But uh, we we say like, "Oh, I'm addicted to sugar. I can't have sugar." Well, no, you can't have heroin because like if you have heroin, then that will actually pull you into it, and you sometimes you can't get out. It is humanly possible to have like a scoop of ice cream like on your birthday and then like not cycle into like, you know, despair for six weeks. Yeah, Uh, and that's what we're trying to teach. When we say we're addicted to sugar, we're giving sugar a little more power than it should have. Sugar is delicious and it's tasty and that's, you know, it activates reward systems in our brains. But it's possible to have it in moderation and very small doses here and there. And we're giving too much power to the power that sugar has when we say, oh, I'm so addicted to sugar. I don't think – I think you can have a sugar habit, but I'm not yes, sure that's that, like – a good way to say it. That is a really I, good I, way to say it. And I know there's been studies recently that you know, sugar activates the same spots in the brain as cocaine. OK, that might be true, but like – I don't think there's anybody, you know, doing some of the things they do to get sugar that they do to get cocaine when you have a cocaine addiction. I think we're, we well, may like, be like uh, softening like the power that like actual real drugs have over people. And and I don't I think that does a disservice to people that are struggling with addiction like that. Rick, you know? you, you've never had sex with someone for money so you could buy sugar. Well, I'm not <laughs> saying that. Don't, uh, don't put words That would have been really mind. good ice cream. I'm, I'm, I'm like remembering the scene with Bob Saget in uh, that movie Half Baked. Yeah, like, Never don't, mind. don't plead. <laughs> you're going to plead the fifth on that one, Rick. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I see exactly what you're saying here, since I, I agree wholeheartedly. With what you're yeah, saying. And then also, you know, I say maybe you're not and they people in addiction, then they start building, like I said, like I was with the donuts, this guilt, shame and remorse relationship with food that um, if we eat it, then we've relapsed. And it's just right. as bad as if we would have picked up a drink or picked up the pipe or picked up the needle. And it's not. It isn't. And I just want to get that across to people. Um, and that maybe you're so nutrient depleted that that sugar is hitting those places in the brain. But if you get some healthy fat and some good protein and a lot of veggies, uh, maybe it doesn't feel that way anymore. Yeah. One of the things that I that drives me crazy is like having this whole idea of like a cheat meal, which which sort of inherently is a negative thing. Like you cheated. Like there's mm-hmm. never... You know, there's never unless you're like a high school kid cheating on a test. That's okay. It, it, every other thing is not okay to cheat. That was a joke. Right. Uh, there's not okay high school kids to cheat on a test. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> Another um, great singer from Mark Rogers. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so like the fact that okay, I'm on a wagon and then I like I had to jump off the wagon to eat this cookie or I like fell out of the wagon somehow and was trampled by other wagons and now I'm in this like state of you know despair. But it's like no you. 
you're on a wagon and you someone handed you a, a cookie and you decided to eat the cookie. You're still on the wagon. You, you know, it's like nothing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to die of being trampled. You know, it's like you're fine. So this this whole idea of like, yeah, like what you were talking about. If if you have a cookie, it's like, oh, you know, well, so, I'm, I'm, Josh, I'm Josh Hamilton. I'm going to be on Twitter like with people taking body shots off of me. What? Well, Susan, <laughs> Susan, Susan, you hit on it. And, and I have a personal story to relate to this. Uh, the beginning of the year, I was going to do a 100 day no sugar at all, no grains at all challenge just to see, you know, how, you know, could to go all the way fully in to see exactly, you know, how it made my body feel. Well, yeah, it's my fun bur- to do things like that. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, you know, I'm going to probably do one soon again. But anyways, I, uh, at my birthday is the end of February and I have two boys, uh, seven and four, and they really, really, really wanted to get me a cookie cake for my birthday. And they got me a cookie cake, and I could have been a total jerk, and like, oh, thanks for this cookie cake, you idiots with all this sugar. <laughs> Screw you. It's like or <laughs> throw it in the trash right in front of them. <laughs> because the kids don't understand that they're seven and four, or I could say, oh, thank you so much, and have a slice with them. And so I had a slice with them, and after that, I started thinking, I was like, oh, man, man, what could I have done to just avoid that cookie? And I was like, basically having a conversation with myself, and I'm like, stop. You have a disordered relationship with food if you're sitting here looking at yourself in the mirror thinking that you're a weak person because you had a slice of cookie cake with your two boys who really wanted to get you one because they love you and care about you and wanted to give you a nice tasty surprise for your birthday. And I think that's when we – I I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but when we are saying relationships with drugs and alcohol are the same as relationships with unhealthy food – that is not true, and we're doing a disservice to both people who have problems with food, and we're also doing a disservice to people who have problems with substances. And so I, you know, I wholeheartedly see exactly what you're saying when you're relating, you know, wh- wh- how you're relating this. I'm, sure. su- I'm surprised that your sons didn't try to poison you on your birthday <laughs> with poison cake. So, poison cake. Knowing your uh, sons, Rick, they would have been like, "Here's your poison cake, Dad." <laughs> yeah, they would have totally given away. Like, have fun eating that cake and see how you feel afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny how women will come up to me at uh, workshops that I teach, and you know, they'll say, "Oh, I was bad today," and I'm like, I look at them and I said, "You were not bad today. Maybe you made a choice that was not optimal, but enjoy it, embrace it. If you're going to eat a cookie, and make it the best cookie oh, ever." Oh man, that is so. And- Yes, that is so spot on. And enjoy like, it. Like, enjoy your cookie cake. You know, yeah. like, enjoy every last crumb. Lick the plate like my husband does all the time. Yeah. Well, I actually just, uh, I did a deal with uh, our women's basketball team. And I took them to the grocery store. And basically, we did, like, this grocery store tour. And we got to the ice cream section. And that was one of the things I said. It's like, they have the Talenti and the Ben and & Jerry's. And I'm like, look, if you're going to have ice cream, don't get, like, the the sugar pop sickles that are just, the like... The crappy store yeah. brand. Ugh. Yeah, the, get... Like, the falls apart. Like, yeah. like, spend some money and get get the good stuff. I mean, enjoy oh. it, you know? And so they were all like, ooh, wow. So they all bought Talenti and nothing else. And just now they're all just eating gelato. All yeah, forget the vegetables. We're yeah. just... Mark said that we could have ice cream all day. Yeah. So we'll see ice cream. Get get the best one. Yeah. Well, hey, um, let, let's move on to, uh, we, and we sort of hit nutrition kind of in, in all that. So let's talk about meditation and mindfulness and how does that relate uh, with the work that you do? Um, so it, it it plays in with willpower and with stress reduction and that actually meditation is part of one of the 12 steps. And so it's been around of people that choose to do the 12 steps to, for their, it's not the only way to recover. It's just, it's a, one way. Um, and it's about 
you know, we get so wrapped up in our minds and and everything starts taking on bigger and bigger and bigger properties. And, and we get these resentments against people and things that happen and the type of uh, like addicts and alcoholics, we replay those things. I don't know. Do regular people do this? Replay an, a situation over and over in their head till what the other person did is so evil and bad and what you did was so perfect. And how could that person do that to us? And meditation just starts changing the brain to be able to let things go. And that is huge. We just need to let things go, accept that things are supposed to be the way that they are. Because when we try to control every situation and things don't work out the way we want, then we go down. That's kind of going down the road to relapse because then we start getting resentments. We want to drink and use over them. I'll tell you one of the things that I have noticed, and I'm, I'm a... I guess by nature, a pretty high strung guy. Uh, I, I, I've gotten much yes, better. Yes. I know my wife has even noticed like in the last you know couple of years that I, I don't lose my temper uh, hardly at all. And it, um, so but one of the things that I've noticed is like, like, for instance, today driving home uh, from from the office, I was coming going home for lunch. And this person just I mean, just completely pulled out in front of me, not even like you know, it was just, it was egregious, right? One of those deals. But there is some, there is some power in just tap, just hitting the brakes and not getting mad about that. Like you have, exactly. like you have control. Like it's a very powerful feeling to just, to not have that stress response and feel like you have to pull out in front of them and, and flip them off and, and get in front of them and hit the brakes and like, you know, make your point. You know, it's like, I, I love the Seinfeld bit about like, well, you know, you, oh, it was a Jim Carrey stand-up thing. It's like, well, you pretty much have to shoot them, you know, otherwise they won't learn nothing. You know, it's like, uh, so so there's a, there's a great deal of power in in controlling your emotions in that way. Well, and I it think what you're both a- saying is like you're you're looking to control. If the ultimate goal is to control yourself and have control over what you're doing, because you know I feel uncomfortable when I feel like I don't have like uh, control of certain aspects of my life. Then that's the way you get it is by by doing that. I think. Yeah, it is. And um, it's really when we do the meditation or you do your mindfulness, like sitting down to to meals and maybe saying thanks or a blessing or just doing some breathing before you eat, you know, you get your body from the paras from the sympathetic fight fight or flight into the parasympathetic rest and digest. So you're able to enjoy that meal. You're able to absorb more nutrients, you know, and it really gets you so things aren't like right now, um, my husband's probably going to kill me for saying this, um, but right oh. now my husband's not working and I could take that as, oh, the end, the financial ruin of us all, but I just know everything's going to work out okay. And that's because I think because of my meditation practice right. that everything is going to work out all right. Well, I know in the in another book that I always reference is The Anti-Fragile by Nassim Tlaib. And, you know, he talks about things that ha- that are like have been around the longest chances are those things are going to continue being around forever. Like the wheel has been around for a long mm-hmm. time. So the wheel, we're always going to use the wheel. Um, and, In some form or another. Right. And so like like meditation has been around for thousands and thousands oh, yeah. of years. The reason that it's still around is because there it's not just like some sort of like hippie, like weird, like spiritual thing that you, you know, it's like there are actual physical adaptations. Like you said, like the reason that, you know, praying before a meal other than some religious uh, ties, as far as like you know, in 
that's uh, referenced in the Bible, there the reason that that's probably stuck around is because, like you just said, that sort of gets you into like another state of mind, so you can digest your food. Like that's a physical like response to that. And so I think it's ancestral. I think it goes back even before religion, you know, yeah, it goes yeah, absolutely. when they had the tribes and everybody sat around the campfire together and I'm sure they had a moment of silence and it's just, it's, it's, it just works so well. Yeah. So, you know, so that's why like, you know, stuff like, uh, acupuncture and stuff, it's like these ancient practices. I feel like we, we are remiss to like just sort of di- dismissing those things that well that's uh, that's weird stuff that I'm going to go and and take a a pill that's that was invented ten years ago. And, oh yeah, and, like know, instead of like traditional Chinese medicine yeah, that's been around for forever. thousands. Yeah, of like years. The, like the stuff the stuff that was just invented yesterday is the chances of it being around more than a you know you know just a little while are very small. Uh, which I think is is a pretty interesting concept. So go read Anti Fragile. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, I saw him speak at oh, Harvard cool. AHS in 2012. Oh man, yeah, he's like one of my. I I would just wish I could just like follow him around, like sit at his feet, like that. Yeah, kind of follow sound, him on Facebook. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of weird. Like that sounds like I'm like wanting him. I'm like treating him like Jesus or something. I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. so he is not Jesus. Um, he would not. <laughs> Powerful declaration there, Mark. <laughs> he is not Jesus. Uh, You're bre- so smart. Breaking news. This just in. Uh, this seem to leave is not Jesus. <laughs> Nor does he claim to be. Um, well, you know what, Susan? This is crazy, but we are at like, golly, we're at 30 minutes. Um, I can't believe that I know. went by fast. It's like the most fun interview of all time. Yeah. So, so let's, uh, I'm going to ask you the question. I ambush, oh, no. I ambush every guest on our show with this, uh, this question, and it doesn't have to have anything to do with anything we talked about. What is something that you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable? <sighs> that, you know, that is the, all the things that we talked about. So um, just recently, and it's always been, I just, and I love helping people even before I had a company, you know, I always, you know, volunteered and all that stuff. So I think <clears throat> that helping others just fulfills something in me that's indescribable. So I was just teaching a, a, a workshop, a six-week workshop to people in recovery, a nutrition workshop, so they knew nothing. And to see the woman, an older woman who had rheumatoid arthritis, now she can get her hands together, they're moving, like the, her inflammation's going down. And just the look on their face when, when just to see the lights go on. Um, and to see that with when helping people new in recovery, when they're they're really trying to stop drinking and using and they can't, and then they finally get it, and the lights, their eyes light up, and they're just they smile all the time. It's like something about that is just indescribably wonderful to yeah. me, and it just I get such joy out of it. And I think you know, I just uh, there was an article that just came out. I mean, there's thousands of articles and, and research studies that have covered this topic, but. Just like what we said, like meditation, there are physical adaptations to that. Giving and gratitude and doing things for others, serving actually has, there are things that happen in your brain, in your physical brain, that that are good for you. They lower blood pressure, it, it sort of strengthens your your uh, uh, parasympathetic nervous system, you know, it's like giving like the bum on the street a $20 bill and watching his eyes light up, like that's not just like, you're not just helping the the bomb on the street out like there you're you were helping you know selfishly like you're help, helping yourself out which i think is another reason why charity and alms to the poor you know uh, from robin hood i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's what i think of alms to the poor that's what i think about it's like the 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 poor people in robin hood with kevin cosner you know that it's like that is doing something good for you too 
So, yeah, there's anyway. nothing like like I'll go up. We have a a drug rehab facility that's county run, and it's up on the um, in a hill nearby, and it's so it's really isolated. And I'll go up there to speak to these women who most of them are out there instead of being in jail, and um, you know it's kind of a, can be kind of depressing type of people because they're so feel like they're so down and out. But just to talk to them and like. And see the lights go on and tell them, like, you don't give up right now. Like, I was where you are right now. And look at where I am now. Like, you could, you can do it, but you just have to believe in yourself. And you're your only limiting factor. Right. Cool. Awesome. Well, Susan, uh, hang out for just a second uh, after we stop recording uh, and we'll talk. But I uh, really appreciate you doing this. And uh, thanks, thanks for your for time. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. All right. Thank you, Susan. And uh, we will link to all her stuff and everything that we talked about uh, in the show notes. Just a fascinating topic. And uh, she is a, a wealth of knowledge, especially since she has sort of been there, done that, and uh, isn't just like some scientist. Uh, well, and I was like hearing stories of somebody who, you know, manages to kind of like, I don't want to say like, rescue themselves. But, you know, yeah. she was headed down a bad path and she managed to, to you know, to to pull herself back up and, and make some positive changes. And I, I love hearing stories like that because there are times where I feel like that, you know? Yes. So, um, speaking of saving yourself, maybe, mm, I don't know if we no. were talking about, yeah, well, I don't know if this is a good segue or not. Okay. <laughs> so as, as, uh, teased in crosstalk at the beginning of the show, I was assaulted. <laughs> Sunday morning. I love my response to you being assaulted is cackling. <laughs> at church. Can we say at church? Is oh, yeah. We can say, okay. okay. Purposely for, you know, we're leaving out names. We're leaving out specific locations. Obviously, if you're friends with Mark, you probably know where this happened at. But we're not going to say any names. Right. Because, you know, Protect it's kind of, kind of Bush League to throw out somebody's name or, you know, proper nouns and stuff like that if you don't have permission. Right. But we can say Mark is at church. And, and you kind of give the context. You were... Uh, it, you know, different churches are, you know, operate differently. Your specific church has a praise team, right. which is kind of like a chorus. Uh, how many people are in the praise team? Um, it's like two per part. So there's like eight okay. people plus the the worship leader standing up there. It's basically like if you're a tenor sitting out in the audience, you you can listen and hear the part. If you're a bass, yeah. same kind of it's thing. It's broken down in all four parts. And it's, uh, you know, old school Church of Christ people would yeah. be, you know, it's one, one person is up there leading the singing. And other religious traditions, they have like a, 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 a huge choir with you know twenty people in it. Right. It's kind of a mix between those two. You have it's kind of like a smaller chorus, but they're trying to help the people in the crowd, you know, sing along well with it. So that's you have a, you have a praise team, and you're a member of the praise team as right. a distinguished member of the vocal majority in 1992. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what that is, Google it and Google, uh, imagine Mark, eleven uh, year old thir- Mark, 13, thirteen year old, thirteen year old. Thirteen-year-old Mark, but anyway, so that's that's the kind of the context of this. And you guys are rehearsing before church so that you know right. it can all be smooth and whatever. So this particular day, I am singing the tenor part. I uh, also you can sing several different parts. I also, right, not? I also sing bass. I also am lead sometimes when the regular leader is not there. So I'm. Uh, I Add know that to the Mark Rogers bragging. Uh, yeah, I, that that I believe that context is relevant because I know. <laughs> All I know several of the I know all of the the male parts for almost every song. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I totally was not expecting that at all. And and I said it, it was like someone just punched me in the stomach. And I didn't understand why you laughed at Clip first. That out. <laughs> I know all of the male parts. It's church. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Winard. I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. I'm sorry. So uh, there was this one particular part where we, it's, a, it's sort of a newer song, and I have sung the bass part on this particular song a few times so i'm pretty familiar with it and it's a tricky part right right right. it's kind of this weird there's some minors and majors and some of this weird stuff in there and so the the worship minister we were kind of going through this part and the the bases were were you know kind of looking at the music looking kind of confused like not really sure exactly the the cocker i call it the cocker spaniel look your head's tilted to one side and you're yeah yeah yeah. so the 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 worship leader sort of looks at me and kind of gives me like the head nod like hey you know go give them a hand like just you know, help him. And it's not because parts. you're like Mark, like Colonel Music Man, right? It's because you know he knows that you I know, know the, the part already that you've sung that part already. If I'm struggling with a part or I can't hear a part, whether it's bass or tenor, I, I would be just I'm I would be very grateful for someone that know, knew the part to come over, or like play it for me on the a piano or sing it for me, just so I could be like, oh, okay, uh, now I hear it. That's that's kind of where I was, what what the the mission was. So, w- walk over and say, hey. uh, I know this part. I've sung it before. Let you, I'll sing it with you on this next run through, and we'll, you know, that way you all can kind of hear it. Well, that made this particular gentleman. Uh, can we give him a pseudonym? Uh, just to make it easy to tell the story, or will you forget it? Um, how about uh, what, what do you want to say? Edward? John. John. Ed, John's John, a John's generic good. name. John. So John, who is an older gentleman, which is not his name, John. Right. Not his name. Who is his? And, and to his, in his defense. He's he's older. He you know he's been through a lot. He's uh, he, he's you know. How, how old are we no, talking? By the way, he's seventy five. Okay, and um, you're 30, 30, about to be thirty four. About to be 30, 34. <laughs> So uh, he he sort of storms off and like you know kind of like okay I'm, I'm not doing it good enough for you then fine I'm, I'm not I'm, I quit. And so Whipper he, snappers. Yeah, he just sort of runs off the stage and sort of disappears. And I'm. He like, thinks you're showing him up. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Which, when in reality, you're just going to help him, to help them as a group. Like, hey, this is what it sounds like, so that you, you know, can do it the best right. way that you because you know, which I can absolutely see where that where he was coming from. I mean, I can yeah. see if I'm a guy's been singing on the praise team for 20 years, and some young guy comes over to me and like says, "Hey, let me help you with this." Like, hey, you know what? I, I don't need. I don't your need help. your help. I, I can see whipper snapper. Right. Yeah. So after there's a there's a probably about a 15 minute gap between when we get done like kind of going through the music and when church starts I went up to John and just to try to say hey I, you know I'm did not mean anything by that In case um, you know in case feet were stepped on I apologize right. this is why I was doing it I didn't want you to get pissed at me we're all part of the same team right, kind of thing Right Well he was still stewing <laughs> And by the way, let me say this. Uh, we're not going to play it on the show, but Mark actually anticipated something bananas happening and recorded it on his phone and played, uh, sent me the audio of it. It's, it's like five, five minutes, minutes. And it's yeah. the funniest thing I've <laughs> ever heard in my life. Go ahead. So he. So it's, I confirm that this story is real because I wasn't there, but I can confirm the ridiculousness. Of so it. over the course of the five minutes, he he tells me that uh, this if, is at church if in like right before it started so there's people in the pews there's and we're kind of in the aisle about five rows deep yeah so uh, it's starting to fill up the ki- auditorium there's kids around you know and uh and he and he says uh if, if I were younger I would beat your bleep to, no, we can, to just, can you not say that word uh, I'm not gonna say, uh, it starts I, with an a I'd have to bleep it yeah okay uh to a pulp 
boy, if um, I was boy, if I was younger, I would beat your A to a pulp. Right. And Mark's like, okay, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark is basically like recognizing. And let me say this. Mark isn't always the most reasonable, rational person. <laughs> Doesn't really run in his DNA very well. But I guess maybe because you knew you were being recorded, I, I need to just walk around. Very I, taking. I just need to. I need to walk around like recording myself all the time. Uh, maybe yeah. <laughs> that would help. By the way, the video of the guy, the trash man with a trash can oh. banging on it of your dad—that's really funny. But anyways, uh, so. <laughs> Mark is taking the high road very much. And when this guy is saying stuff like this, Mark is going, okay, you know what? You're being ridiculous, John. You're be- okay. This is being, this is just stop. Okay. So Mark is instead of like, and when Mark's playing this for me, I'm like, I don't know how Mark avoided getting in his face and being like, you know what, John, why don't you take a swing? One free swing yeah. for the man with the big giant mouth. Cause huh? I, cause take I've, a swing. cause I've reacted in that way. Uh, I have also, I, I would also react in that way. Yeah. Typically. So he he tells me that he doesn't think that I need to be at church. Uh, he, he goes so far as to say that not uh, that he doesn't even he's not even sure anyone on the praise team is a or, Christian, right. which is hilarious. <laughs> How this has anything to do right. with that? Is well, then, beyond and, me. And then he reverts to like full on like elementary school mode and goes, "You know what? When you lead singing, you're always off key." <laughs> so, and I was just like, okay, like, what does that have to do with anything? You, you, you got me. Then we, then we sort of kind of start getting into an argument about how long I've been attending the church. It, yeah, it was. Like, it seriously did go full <laughs> third grade playground. Like, you know what? I think you're off key. How long you've been at this church? I've been at this church for twenty years. Yeah, Mark, you just got here. Mark, well, I've been here ten Mark's years. Like, I've been going to church here for like ten years. It doesn't really matter how long either one of us. Yeah. Like, you ten years. Ten years, my foot. Yeah. Ten years, my foot. So okay, so there's this. You know, finally at the end of it, I finally like talk him down and say, "Look, okay, I'm sorry. I, I came across in a way that was you're owning. Uh, you're owning the fact that you have somehow uh, offended him, even though I think it's ridiculous for you to have even owned that. That guy <laughs> misunderstood it. All you have to explain is, hey, this is what I meant, and if you got pissed off, sorry, that's on you. Well, at one point, but, I said, but can, you, I said, John, can I can I compliment you? And he went, yes. And no. yeah, you're like, John, 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 can I compliment you? He's like, no, no, you may not. No, you may not. No, you may not. <laughs> oh, and so when he says I'm going to beat your to a pulp, he's like kind of poking me in the chest, too. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's just like, like, how can just poking a snake with a stick kind of a deal? Like, what are you I thinking? cannot believe you didn't punch him in the face. Yeah. I can't believe it. Well, okay. Based on all of these things. So talk about to you. Yeah. Keeping your head around a bunch of women and children. Yeah. Church. Well, talking, talking him down. We, because I get 10 him to, years ago, Mark would have been like, I don't care if this is in the middle of the right. church service. Well, Jen, communion's getting passed around. I'm going to tackle this guy and I'm going to wear him out. Jen hearing this story she wasn't there she hears about it a few minutes later oh, she man. she was talking to somebody and she said three years ago we all would have been kicked out of church you definitely like, would have like spaghetti this guy yeah if you can remember the mark rogers angry <laughs> spaghetti story like feverishly eating yeah. spaghetti like an animal Just you would crazy. have definitely done this yeah meditation has helped me in in sort of in those situations sort of not boiling over you are slightly um, more mature than you were before yeah, Congratulations. that helps too uh than i was two years ago so <laughs> After so we we sit and this okay so is, so this so this is before church so right. church service happens what's it like an so, hour probably uh, yeah so hour hour and fifteen minutes which, which hour fifteen geez, which maybe an hour the old watch here. Yeah, maybe an hour but the funny part was in the if you imagine like a church auditorium there's like a middle aisle and then there's like a s- section of seats on either side it's like a it's a perfect you know symmetry 
Right. It's like uh, a semicircle, like the the, the, but, the sections go around the right. center, and right? And it's like, and, yeah, and it's like a reflection of each half is a reflection of the other half, right? It's like a perfect... Yeah, symmetrical. Symmetrical. Well, we're, we're sitting in like exact opposite seats <laughs> during church, which was really funny. Like the symbolism row. of it. Is... Yeah, it was like the, so the whole church. So afterwards, he beelines it for me and like kind of gets me into this sort of back room. Okay, right and so an hour 15 has passed by. Right. And let me say, from listening to the audio, this guy was on the wrong. This guy bought, picked the wrong horse the whole time. Right. It's very obvious that he is being irrational, unreasonable, and that yeah, maybe he got offended. And uh, but it's very clear that he got offended at something like wasn't meant to take offense by. Right. And you apologized profusely, and you were very much the bigger man in the first the first you know confrontation with him, and so. You're probably thinking he beelines it for you after church to apologize okay, th- th- to be like, yeah, yeah, you know what? I sat here and I thought about it and, you know, thought about Jesus and all that Jesus stuff. And, you know, it's a great well, way to summarize he, church, by the way, so, I thought so, about yeah. all that Jesus stuff. <laughs> well, and you know what? You he know, he Jesus actually talked about turning, turning their cheek and, you know, maybe being, re- you know, loving your neighbors yourself and all that good stuff. So you're thinking that this guy's yeah. going to be like, hey, listen, well, this- I thought about it. I calmed down. I apologize for, I acted like a crazy person. That was not cool. I really and apologize. It, to it, you. It, it makes it even more crazy. This this next part, finding out later that he asked, he like told the preacher and an elder like during church that he had lost his temper before church and he had messed up and blah blah blah. Which I hadn't told you that yet. So oh yeah, I didn't. Know so that. he pulls me. And back there's a thing in the room. Bible about if you like, uh, I'm going to paraphrase, but if you like do something that offends somebody else. That you need to tell the elders yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Something yeah. I don't really yeah, follow yeah. that part. But so you know. he pulls me back in the back room, and I'm sort of waiting to just be like, "Hey, man, no sweat, really, no big deal." That was like my the because speech. if anyone understands being <clears throat> irrational and unreasonable me. in an argument, it's you exactly. So he, he says, <laughs> "That's he, the hilarious irony of this whole thing." He pull- this guy's Mark Rogers. <laughs> Mark Rogers. So he pulls me into the back room, and he and he sort of looks at me, and he's like, "I'm going to give you some advice." And I'm like, oh, okay. And he goes, have you thought about... That's a really weird way to apologize. Yeah. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll stand by. Yeah, he goes, uh, are you scared to die? <laughs> and I looked him straight in the eye with no hesitation. <laughs> I looked him straight in the eye with no hesitation. And I said, no. And just stared back at him. And he said, have you thought about how you want to die? And I said, John, I don't really like where this, how, the direction this conversation is going. Where are you getting at here? And he goes, he goes into this. And uh, you're still probably thinking maybe this is a backhanded way of him saying, like, listen, right. I don't want to die having been caused yeah, problems with something. another member. Right, right, right. So that's – He that's, goes into this. You think this is the preamble to his long and freaking flowing apology. apology. Yeah, so he, he kind of goes off about his past and some of the stuff that he's been involved in and, and some – you know, I'm not really sure where he's going. And then he says – Like that know, he's done some bad things with his life, yeah. like probably like, uh, you know – Made some stabbing decisions. a man in a bar fight or something yeah, with a whatever. broken bottle or yeah, whatever, uh, something along those lines. And then uh, he says, uh, "Are you?" Oh, he said earlier, "I was ready to blow you away. You cannot run a bullet." <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, I just at that point, I just said, "John, this conversation is over." And I was I was mad. I was madder than I was oh, earlier. Man. And so I. He's like chasing me across the the church auditorium, like trying. There's to, still people there. Oh yeah, it's and right he's still after trying to run you down. And I'm and really and I, like give you the what for. And I'm like tr- finding as many people as I can, saying you better you better get him away from me 
ASAP or something really bad is about to happen. So anyway, it's this whole big thing, and like and, you oh, know, my. everybody got involved, and it was this big drama. So I, so technically, there's an off-duty cop that was there as a member of the, at the church that we're at, and uh, he he said, you know, he's like, you know, you can press charges. This is a class C assault, and <laughs> like saying all assault this stuff. by by threats or offensive <laughs> contact by him jabbing yeah. you in the chest with his finger and, and threatening me and like all this. Ugh. So anyway, so now it's a uh, now it's like great. Now my wife's all, she's all mad because. Now this is like something we have to think about when we go to church. It's like, well, it's going to be so tense. Yeah. Like the next two, three times you go to church, like, yeah. is he going to be there? I doubt he's even there. Is he going to like, se- like give me Dude. some blocks and see, let me see if I can outrun a bullet or maybe give me a head. <laughs> will he give me what, a head start? What kind of bullet are we talking about here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, something real slow and heavy, like a 45. Like yeah, a, I might be having actually like a, a chance colonial to. times bullet, like a George Washington a bullet. He's going to pull out his blunderbuss, <laughs> 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 tap right, it well, down out of there and load the flint. So there's a, there's a sort of an unexpected oh, humans being human next week. Or, let um, me tell you very quickly. I can't believe you didn't, punch this guy <laughs> square in the jaw on the second confrontation. I really can't believe you didn't on the first one. Well, but on the second one, I think you had a pretty good standing. If you would have just, just trained him right in the face with your <laughs> fist, I think you would have been cool with that because well, like, Hey, he was threatening me. He asked if, you know, specifically, can I outrun a bullet? Yeah. Wouldn't you let me get out of the way? And I was like, I have to get away from this guy. Cause I don't know if he has a gun because it's Texas and all these stupid crazy people have guns everywhere well, around here. No, there's a guy church and school. Yeah, there's a guy that our age that, that packs and he's not a cop. He just he went to Let's church. not get started on I know, talk because I know. you're Well, I was like I was running around looking for him like <laughs> always like making fun of him for bringing a gun to church and then I'm like, "Well, oh god, where is that guy?" Yeah. So anyway, well, ne- so, next week like, on high he- five for well, you know, I guess taking being the bigger man, you yeah. are a different person than you were probably when this podcast <laughs> six first months started. ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, next week on Humans Being Human, uh, generic youth minister Steve joins us. So, Steve, and we'll inter- we'll give on a June long 7th. flowing introduction to him there. But Steve is the fifth part of the ongoing group text message that we constantly talk about. We've already had Nate on. He talked about the tobacco spit story. We've had Jack on. Uh, he, the man without a pancreas yep. and we had to cut his humans being human segment because it was so inappropriate, but Steve is now the fifth, the, the last member of the group text message to be on there. And, uh, some, some Mark and Rick growing up stories he'll, he'll share with us and we have some good times and yeah. also some inside jokes. So if you don't laugh, then it's probably, you know, you probably don't know about the joke. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, that'll wrap up humans being human. We'll uh, make a sound effect. And now it is time for the simple human tip of the week. Something you can start doing today. To become a more healthy human. And this is, uh, Tony Horton is the P90X guy, right? Yes, and okay. I've done P90X several okay. times. Let's no. add that to the Rick bragging montage. And I have every word that he said on any of those CDs completely memorized, even wow. to this day. Okay, well, this because is... Because you've heard him so many times. This is a Tony Horton quote. German potato soup. Anyone who's done P90X <laughs> listens no to idea. that and they go, oh my God. No yeah. idea what so, you're talking about. That sounds German sausage soup. German potato soup. Oh, potatoes. No, don't, do, don't you dare put words in my mouth, Sorry. Mark Rogers. Sorry. So here's the quote. <laughs> and this is this is a, a working out context, but then we'll expand it into a large your context. So sometimes the biggest obstacle to consistency has nothing to do with external factors. Some days you just don't feel like you have what it takes to do what you need to do. Do it anyway. 
I don't care how you do it. I don't care if it's ugly. I don't care if you do it hard or slow. I don't care if you do it with a fox or if you do it in a box, in a house, or with a mouse. Just get it done. And that is uh, Tony Horton from The Big Picture. And it's, it's really about consistency, whether it's working out or making your bed, like we talked about last show, or uh, you know, just being a kind, gentle person. Consistency is such... Uh, in, in some areas, right? We're, we're designed for variation in, in some domains and in others, consistency reigns and is the... Uh, well, that's weird. I didn't... Maybe that was subconscious because it says consistency reigns supreme in the next sentence, but huh. maybe huh. I read that uh, and it was in my... Uh, Good story, Mark. Yeah, sorry. So anyway, right. be consistent is the Simply Limited of the Week. This is the advice that I needed to hear today because it's May 26th, the day after my wife's birthday. Happy birthday, wife. You I, and I texted, I texted you and reminded you Yes, I like. I need that. I'm not a terrible husband. I'm just mediocre at best. But, <laughs> I like to take you know, credit. Yeah. Uh, I haven't. The the reason I'm saying the date that we're recording this is, you know, I haven't run since I finished the marathon, which was six weeks ago. I have not run one step Good except to run after the ice cream man driving down the street. <laughs> and so I was like, today I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start, you know, doing more sprint workouts. It, it, I'm going to start doing that, uh, you know, on the advice of you and John Smith and Jason Saab. I'm going to sprint more often. And so today it's real crappy. It's rainy. It's just bleh, bleh, outside like it's been for a month in Dallas. Yeah, so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do the sprinting. That's what he's talking about. That's exactly what Tony's yeah. talking about here is that some days you just feel like you don't have it. Do it anyway. And it doesn't matter if I go to do my sprint workout and I'm the fastest I've ever been. Or if I go out there to do my sprint workout and it's the slowest I've ever been, I'm still doing it. There are going to be some days where you're just you're just showing up and I don't want to say going through the motions because you need some, to have intensity. But, but there are some sense, days yeah. that you're just showing up to do it to say, hey, I don't feel very strong today. I don't feel like I have a lot of energy. I'm going to do it anyway. And that's going to be made up for by the days that I do show up and I do feel strong. I do feel fast. Well, I do feel really terrific. And there are some studies showing that sometimes like what happens internally as far as mentally or, uh, you know, like your emotions isn't doesn't generate necessarily all the time from inside. Like, like you mentioned going through the motions, like, um, you know, if you're in a bad mood, put, uh, or you're mad about something, put a, this is a psychology little study that's been around forever, but stick a pencil in between your teeth, like where you have to like show your teeth or you can do like your finger. And like, if you, if you are showing your teeth, you almost, it's almost impossible to stay mad. That's right? crazy. I just, know that. just to like physically show your teeth. So I do that with my daughters. Like whenever they're like throwing a fit about something, I'll go get a pencil and like make them like stick it in between their teeth. Oh, and they always I never, start, I never heard about that. Then they That's... always start giggling. I learned about it in psychology class in uh, when I was in college. Like, and sounds like garbage, but well, then, sounds like some intellectual college man yeah. liberal garbage. Well, but, but it also. Well, and I'll tell you this honestly, though. Every single time I've ever been like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go work out. I'd rather go drink coffee and watch TV. Every single time I've actually been like, nope, forget it. I'm going to work out whether I feel it or not. I feel really awesome about myself when I'm done. Yeah. Maybe I didn't lift as strong as I have been. Maybe I struggled. Maybe I didn't get on reps or ran as fast or whatever. But universally, after I'm done, I always look at myself and my self-esteem is shot through the roof like, hey, I didn't feel like doing it today. And I had a really, some really good excuses for not doing it today. And I said, screw it. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And I always, you know, it's a really good self-esteem boost. So well, and, and, any, and anybody that's done something for an extended period of time, whether it's wake up at five o'clock because of the job that you had or whatever, if you stop doing those things and then you start doing them again, it's really hard. Yeah. And that's, and th that's because well, we can even talk about Gladwell's like how to a thousand hours of right. practice to 10,000 hours. Yeah. yeah 10,000 yeah, 10, hours of practice to develop a, a habit and to be a right. master at something. Cause there so, are neural connections that are, that are happening and strengthening and then, and then sort of 
atrophying if you don't use them. So be consistent in uh, in everything uh, that you do that is good. Don't be and consistent. And that's not just working. We're not just talking about very quickly exercising and stuff like right. that, although that's the context that I was talking in. It's consistency with everything. Consistency in being a parent right. and being a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or what, you know, whatever station you are in life and being a worker. Everyone around you appreciates consistency that you're going to do what you say, you're going to yeah, say what you do. Yeah, that's a big one. And you know, that is – I think that's kind of the hallmark of being a good member of the human community is – you know, people understanding that, hey, he says he's going to do it or she says she's going to do it. They're going to do it. Yeah, that's actually that can, that can be an, that's going to be a tip of the week sometime coming up is do. And we, we won't expand on this, but uh, oh, do yeah. what you say you are going to do. It's one of my pet peeves when people don't do what they say they're going to do. OK, um, so there it is. Be consistent. All right. Um, coming up next time, it's June 7th. Uh, so we have a few days uh, in between, you know, after yeah. the week. Uh, Glenn Cordoza is going to join join us on episode 81. Episode 82 will be Kate Galliette. We're going to we've already recorded that. Yay. We're going to talk She's about the buns. Rafe Kelly mm. is episode 83. 84 is Lucy Hendricks. 85 is Justin Goodhart. We've got Michael Ruscio, Dr. Michael Ruscio, coming on the show later on this summer. Um, we're going to have John Smith back on. Uh, I'm going to be on the JASA podcast, Jason Simon Serfagosa's podcast, on June 16th. I was just texting Jason a second ago. Uh, and I guess Sarah's going to be out of town or something. Um, so, anyway, uh, that's all coming up. So, find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Uh, there are links to the Facebook page, YouTube channel. Uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at simplyhuman52, or you can. Uh, find at Simply Human uh, State Championship is also... Uh, no, that is not a thing. Simply Human throw a football over to yeah. the <laughs> I need to... Surprised you didn't say that to John. Hey, John, listen here. I'm not scared of you, John. I can throw a football over the mountain. Yeah, I bet you can't. Yeah. I play That's college football. I forgot to say that, by the way. That's a hilarious line where you like, in the middle of the recording, like, hey, John, I'm not scared of you, John. <laughs> That's where I laughed the hardest. Because yeah. you can tell you're like leaning in and whispering it because yeah. you don't want to make a scene, but you're like, hey, John... Well then, even and then I even said later on, I said even if you were my age, I still wouldn't be scared of you. Oh well, you really got him on that. I got him on that one. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, sorry. I so have to be leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad. Any publicity is good publicity. We appreciate Share us you. on social media, also, please, please, yeah. please, please, please. That's hugely important for us to spread the word. Yes, and just tell people about our show and, uh, and tell them to subscribe to us and start listening to us. So they can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, uh, or you can go to the simplyhuman52.lipson.com. Uh, which yeah, is the or if you uh, follow us on Facebook and retweet out the, or we Facebook out the link, yeah. you can just click and play it directly from there. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, yeah, that you, don't want, you don't want to do smartphone stuff, that's fine. Just do it that way. There you go. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast. And remember... Yes, sir. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> that was my Ed McMahon because you mentioned Johnny Carson. Is that yeah. good? Good so, job, Mark. When you have to explain the joke. So until next time, enjoy yourself. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.